Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hello, and welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about autonomy over efficiency and how to let your child be autonomous and independent and how that should be a priority over kind of the efficiency of skill development and other things. So I'm Jenny, and I'm joined um, this week again by my colleague, Heidi. Hi there, Heidi. Hi, Jenny. How are you guys feeling at your house oh, today? Well, luckily, everyone else is feeling fine. I think I, like, jinxed myself when I um, said something about um, being cold and flu season being almost over in our last recording. <laughs> and now I am feeling sick again. So if you hear a little gravelly oh. yuckiness in my voice, that's what's going on. But I'm okay. And, um, well, so Heidi and I were having a discussion actually about, um, this very topic that related to the podcast. And we realized that it's not something that we spent a lot of time talking about in this venue that might be helpful for some parents as they're considering weaning their child. And clinicians. There's a lot of clinicians out there too, who we appreciate. And it's good information for you guys too, to understand about the importance of today's topic. Yes. And if you're not a clinician listening or you're a parent and you, this might be a dialogue you have with your clinician. If your therapist is, um, if you feel like that balance is between autonomy and efficiency is getting tipped in the wrong direction, it just, it might be worth starting a dialogue about it. So, Just to kind of elaborate a little bit on what we mean by prioritizing autonomy, um, we know that for children and adults that are recovering from any type of difficult situation, and in particularly trauma or medical trauma, which most of the kids that have come through our program at Thrive, at least, have been through a lot, um, many of whom would qualify as having had traumatic experiences, Um, we know that the development of strong bodily autonomy can be helpful in overcoming um, the side effects of that trauma. But we also know that developing independence is good for confidence, that it's protective when it comes to things like child abuse and other disorders that might be related to a child not feeling like they have control over their own body. And so that's why we talk about autonomy as being such an important factor. It really is protective for a child's health when it comes to both their mental health and their physical health and their safety. And just a word about that trauma. Some of it was necessary. Some of it was life-saving and it needed to happen, but there are still consequences that come from some of the traumatic interventions that happened. Yeah. And so it, I just wanted to put out there that it isn't necessarily something that could have been prevented. Although some traumas can be most of it, happened because it was a life-saving intervention. Yeah. And maybe also this is a good time to point out that most parents that are listening have also had traumatic experiences. And we've talked in several episodes, watching your kid go through any type of medical intervention is never fun. You know, so most people, by the time they get to us, at least the tube is enough to be really upsetting to some families. And usually that tube was placed for a number of other of medical situations that were no fun to 
witness um, your child go through. And so it's good to know that that informs our reactions and our stress during this process. And it may also (laughs) inform a parent's um, or a therapist's ability to kind of want to push through and skip over the child's autonomy. And so what we're here to remind you is just that that's a really important part of this healing process. And uh, and then ultimately the process of gaining the self-regulation and actual feeding skills to get out of tube dependency. So where we most commonly see people running into trouble is when a child starts eating during a wean and they're not super great at it yet. <laughs> and parents then think, well, they're, it's really clumsy or they're really messy or they're spitting out so much of what goes in their mouth. And what then they try to do is help and not allow the child to figure it out and improve their efficiency on their own. And it's that well-meaning help or attempt to support a child through, through assistance that can um, feel scary and feel less autonomous to the child. So the task in those moments is that sit on your hands, be there, love them, wait, support, don't panic, try to prioritize the quality of the initiation and the interest over any type of skill acquisition or quantity that's going in. And so that's where we see it the most. And Heidi, I know you've experienced this, but can you just rehash for our audience, like what we are more likely to see if people are um, rushing the autonomy skill development piece of it? I think you're doing a blog on this that's about to come out, aren't you? Yeah, it'll come out um, soon. Yes. So one of the biggest things we see is that intention, our intention to be helpful trumps our ability to read the child's cues. So the idea that, oh, they would just like it if they would just get it in their mouth, or they must be frustrated because I would be frustrated if the food kept coming out like that. And instead stopping and watching, because as a a third party observer, a lot of times what the parents are feeling is that what they perceive to be the child's frustration. But what I can see is a kiddo that's, you know, I'm thinking of one little girl in particular trying yogurt melts for the first time. We sat there for an hour and watched her put this yogurt melt. It would pop out and she would put it back in and pop out and put it back in. She wasn't frustrated. She was learning. You could see the wheels. She was determined. She could wheel, see the wheels turning. You know, it would stick to her fingers and then she couldn't get it back in. And it tickled. And I just, it was long. <laughs> and I was, I, I wanted it to go faster. So if I were to pop that back in her mouth, her experience would be very different because she would be respond by pulling her head back. Her attention would shift from, uh, what am I doing? How does that feel? Oh, if I move it this way, that happens to, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah. So her shift, her attention would shift from experiencing to protection. And that rapid movement could also cause the yogurt melt to move around in our mouth and then be in a new place and be scary. Yeah. It's, it, it takes it from being like exploratory and learn and with potential for learning and it turns it into defensive. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not where we learn. That's not where we do our best work, any of us. And so it's just really great to kind of keep that in mind. And we see that's a really great example. It's hard for us as therapists that do this and know this and study this stuff inside and out to sit there 
with the yogurt melts for so long. But it's really hard for parents whose job has, they've been so committed to helping their children overcome whatever it has been, that it can be really tempting to think that the help that they need is in the actual, um, like that physical help. And it's not to say that you can't offer physical help, but what we like to say is that there has to be an invitation for that help. And an invitation for helping a child eat for, is different for every kid, but you're going to know it as their parent if you can step back long enough and say, do they want this help or do I want to help them? And if they want the help and they're looking to you or indicating in some way, whether it's a vocalization or an, uh, you know, pausing or looking or reaching even towards you. I gaze. Yeah, opening their mouth, leaning mm-hmm. towards, whatever it is, all of that stuff is an invitation. And and you'll be able, if you start looking at it through the lens of, am I helping for them or am I helping for me? It really, it really sorts it out a little bit easier. It's much easier to see in somebody else totally. than it is in yourself. So if you have a relationship with someone that you can have an open dialogue with and it's not hurtful or defensive, because that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is hard sometimes to have someone, it feels like critiquing. Um, and so in some ways you have to have a dialogue beforehand that you are going to each help each other read their cues and figure out ways to help the child become more autonomous, more in charge of their own body. Um, Autonomy doesn't mean independence necessarily, um, but it does mean that they're in charge of their own body. And if you can set that dialogue up, you can see it in each other probably and have a discussion afterwards. Yeah, a hundred percent. And autonomy doesn't mean independence, but it's, it means safety and security it, it's the fertile ground for learning and healing. And whereas, um, you know, whereas efficiency and skill development, if we see people skip the autonomy to go for skill acquisition and Heidi's blog post is coming out soon, people can check it out. When you skip those foundations of autonomy, safety, security, responsiveness in the mealtime interactions, when you sacrifice responsiveness for efficiency or skill acquisition, your progress will stall. It it really affects the overall outcome. And so I guess our main objective here is just to say, this is something that's really key. It's really essential to getting all the way where you're going. And so if if you can't have somebody watch you, ask yourself questions during the mealtime, sticky note reminders, whatever it is, Maybe even using your phone to videotape yourself and look back at your own self and say, is that for, is that for me or is that for my little one? Uh, are they wanting the help or am I offering it for, for me? Uh, that should really help you get back on track. We find that that's really helpful to parents. And it's not like a one-time fix. You'll need to keep exploring it with yourself or with your partner um, and keep revisiting it at every stage of weaning because it changes all the time. And no... Like you said, Jenny, that this isn't a one-time fix. This is the water, the bottom of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. This is the part where it's hard to see. And so it's not something like, well, we tried that and it didn't work. That it's right. something that is like building confidence and those kinds of emotions take time and they're subtle, but crucial. Yeah. And where our point is to say, you got to go slow, but you have to spend time wisely on the most important pieces of this process. It's an investment in the outcome. If you can spend time focusing on responsiveness in the family mealtime interaction, 
which means allowing for child autonomy. And so um, we hope that that's helpful to you guys. And um, there'll be some more information over the course of the coming months about autonomy. Um, But we hope that this little piece helps you as you're looking to wean your children. And Heidi, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week. 